Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Horvath, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? I'm doing pretty well, Riley. It's a big week. It's a big, big week. Tell us about the week, JW. Oh, well, I got some family coming into town this weekend, and we're going to hang out, I guess, and my wife. <laughs> family and I are hang out or whatever. Like... Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. We got uh, a Wi-Fi extender at the oh, house. Oh, wow. That's a really big deal, because now we can watch my favorite show, Uninterrupted. <laughs> Your favorite show? Yes. Which is? You ready? Uh-huh. Love is Blind. <laughs> Love is Blind. That Bro, show is something else, man. I Have you seen it? Yeah. That show is insane, bro. I'm <laughs> so hooked. And yeah. I just found out. So we've been watching through season two. Or about halfway through season two. I just found out that there's a Love is Blind Brazil <laughs> and a Love is yeah. Blind Japan. Oh, of course there is. And potent I mean potentially more. I don't I don't know that they just stopped at two countries. There's over two hundred in the world. Like I wanna see Love is Blind Latvia. I wanna see <laughs> Love course. is Blind Zimbabwe. Yeah. I wanna see Love is Blind Philippines. Like that all sounds great. Just give me a Love is Blind for every country That's so funny. in the world. I'll just watch it every night they got me hooked you see i started watching love is blind like i think it was towards the start of the pandemic when it was like first coming out uh-huh um maybe a little bit before and i i couldn't really get past once they started leaving their their prison yes uh, i stopped caring i liked it when they talked to each other through the wall and then i didn't care anymore that's really fair because there are definite like three acts to the relationship <laughs> yeah. right there's the pods and then there's when they get out and they're trying to you know make it in the real world and then they have their wedding right so it's all kind of act one act two act three so i could definitely see how people aren't that interested in that middle act because i feel like the wedding is really the climax of it all really right where it's like i never made do it that they, uh, well because it's like do they choose love do they choose to get married or, or do they choose blind <laughs> i've been joking with ann it's been kind of our inside joke where we're like we haven't done it in public yet but we're just like remember back in the pods how things are so easy <laughs> yeah. like it was just so nice to so connect and talk to you uh back in the pods like man those are the days yeah see if you can gaslight someone into thinking it. yeah exactly <laughs> so the so we're, the, the scenario that we're thinking about is like hey how'd you guys meet well <laughs> Do you know the show Love is Blind? We were actually on the uh, the pilot, you know, season for that show. And so, yeah, they did it in Columbus. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of under the radar, right? Because they Super were just trying to see if it would yeah. work. And we ended up really hitting it off. And we here we are. The kids and everything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's our... That's our story, and we're All sticking to it. thanks to the Wi-Fi extender. Yeah, man. So, what big news uh, do you got for us? Um, not a lot. I it's been a it's been a low key week, but uh, it's been good too. I'm trying to just 
I have these couple projects that are like near done and I'm just trying to drag them over the finish line, uh, kicking and screaming if I have to. Mm -hmm. So that's been fun. Yeah. But, uh, there's a heck of a lot going on in the Pokemon trading card game right now. Mr. AW that there is so much so that I don't think we can cover it all in one episode this week. You're definitely right. <laughs> so we're going to consolidate for today. We'll revisit some of it next week as a kind of level setting for things that have been happening and going on in the trading card mm-hmm. game. Uh, literally the day after we recorded our last episode, there was a whole slew of new cards that were revealed. Uh, we will cover those next week. They are still a, a ways away from American soil. So we we don't feel like we're depriving you of precious information. <laughs> but there's also the, the drop of Brilliant Stars is happening this week. And we do intend to at least talk briefly about top decks uh, for those of you who may be heading to things like the Full Group Games 1K, 2K, rather, this weekend, uh, or any other local events, or even just playing on TCGO. Or on, Absolutely. Uh, or on TCG Live. Which came out. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll definitely be talking about that as well. Uh, TCG Live has been a recurring topic on the show over the the last you know couple weeks. Uh, but now we actually have it, and we have actual opinions that have been formulated. Yes, it's very exciting. And if that doesn't say it all right there. <laughs> so. But let's start from the top, JW. Let's talk Brilliant Stars, the newest yes. set in the TCG, the official introduction of the V-Stars in a proper set as opposed to the promos. And things are shaken up a little bit. You know, not yeah. It's not an entirely new metagame. You know, there are still old standards but there are some powerful decks that are coming out of the brilliant stars set i think so this this feels like a real nice resetting of what's possible in the game i expect a lot of innovation to come out of these first few weeks first month yeah where people are just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks so it's really hard to, with what I predict the format to, you know, potentially become like, it's really hard with all the options that we have for us to give kind of, you know, okay, well, here, here's the best deck. Here's the second best deck. It's just, it's impossible to do because there's just so many combinations that could work. So yeah. many combinations that, um, you know, are like, they're kind of, they fall into that, like, well, it's not bad territory. It's like hard <laughs> to give an opinion on it. You know what I mean? And so... Yeah, it's 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 really an exciting time. It is. It is. And we're and we're so early in in this, you know, foundation of the metagame as well. It just doesn't feel like super appropriate to like numerically rank these decks because there's just so much discovery to be had, like JW was saying. So we're going to instead give like we would what we would consider our top five choices heading into the early brilliant stars metagame. We may look back on this in two months and think how foolish we were how ignorant we may have been um but this is what we may take to for example like the full grip games 2k that i'll be playing in on saturday uh or what you might be queuing up with on tcg live if you're in canada and trying to rank up your ladder points uh so this will not be ordered 
but some of our, our top contenders. Have Absolutely. You, why don't you kick us off here? Well, I have liked this deck for a long time. You guys probably know. Uh, I would still <laughs> rock with uh, with single strike at this point. Um, if I were to go to the 2K, which I am not, uh, but if I were to play on the Saturday event in standard format, single strike is probably the deck that I would look to because it counters via weakness the what I expect to be two of the top decks at the tournament. So you have Mew, VMAX, just the best deck in format from this current format that should just pour it over and gets a lot of cards that arguably make it much better. <laughs> and then you have the Arceus, which is the kind of big baddie of Brilliant Stars with that fighting weakness. And you can kind of take advantage of hitting both of those major decks for that weakness and uh, just really punishing them for yeah. for having weakness you know it's it, it's a great thing yeah, screw so you single for strike that. <laughs> exactly so single strike is is probably the deck that i would look to uh i'd pri- probably play it with gengar and i would probably play it with at least one urshifu maybe even two urshifu just to make sure again that we have enough type coverage on that arceus deck yeah i mean single strike hugely powerful deck it's got the added benefit now of its weakness hitting into Arceus in addition to, you know, the former fighting type target of Jolteon. Um, plus, Mew isn't going anywhere. <laughs> it's still a really powerful deck, and we'll talk about it here shortly. So I agree. Single Strike is a, is a great deck heading into this metagame, especially if you're looking to not have to change your deck too much. <laughs> Single Strike so true. can be ported over very easily. So true. What next riley what's another deck in your you know general kind of top five yeah let's mix it up with a new deck actually and this is one i think will will likely match up pretty well into single strike and that is the entei deck uh entei plays very similarly to suicune as you might expect in the fact that you have your your two energy same exact attack uh fleet footed and, and all it's a very similar card what Entei has, though, that what Suicune does not is Entei's acceleration is on a stadium, whereas Suicune's is on a supporter. And that is a big, big difference because it allows Entei to play a much more aggressive draw and supporter engine uh, that really just takes advantage of how easy it is to power up. One of the flaws that Suicune has, and this is coming from someone who really likes Suicune um, and would still play it like in present day, uh, even in even honestly in Brilliant Stars, I would consider Suicune. But what Suicune struggles with is it can struggle to gust and power up in the same turn is often the dilemma you may find yourself in. Some folks have decided to supplement that by playing things like two cross switcher, for example, to be able to pull off that kind of play. Mm-hmm. And Entei doesn't need that at all. You can slam down the Magma Basin, get the energy in play, attach one from hand, and boss orders straight from hand. And you're good to go. And that is a huge difference maker in the metagame. You know, I've always I've always been a proponent of if you can find a non-supporter card that can get a supporter type effect, it is probably pretty good. And Magma Basin does exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. I like what you bring up about it being able to accelerate off of the stadium and then thereby being able to play that more aggressive game. Because I think what we're heading into 
is a metagame where you have no choice but to be very consistent and very aggressive from the get-go. We kind of saw in the last metagame where it was just Mew that was really the only deck that was able to do that like pretty consistently. Yeah. But now that we're getting you know, this this Magma Basin, which is non-supporter energy acceleration, uh, now that we're getting Arceus, which on turn two can really just set up pretty much any play that you can imagine, <laughs> um, we're in a really good spot to just be able to put that aggression out uh, from pretty much any deck. And I don't want to laser focus on on boss either. Another benefit is that Entei can much more reliably play cards like Research. Uh, and that lets you set up so much easier as well. In addition to uh, like digging through your deck, it lets you get the energy in the discard easier, for example. Whereas yep. Suicune often had to rely on just playing quick balls. Uh, so you yeah, can just exactly. overall play like a much more aggressive, similar style of gameplay, but a much more aggressive variant of it with Entei. And given the the long term success we've seen in the Suicune deck, we should expect similar levels of success with Entei. Absolutely. Let's go back to an oldie but a goodie JW. Bring us to another brilliant stars deck. Sounds good. I also really like hitting for you know the the double weaknesses like we like we <laughs> talked about with single strike. And there's another deck that's oh, my favorite. No. <laughs> <laughs> that also hits for double weakness, and that is Urshifu Moltres. So that's, this of course, guy. Rapid Strike Urshifu <laughs> and the Moltres V. I played this deck at the original 1K, and it's kind of the thing where it's like, I feel like this deck could compete with anything throughout the course of its lifetime. Not everyone saw it that way. It's fine, but <laughs> I felt like I could make some really cute plays, and it gets a little bit more consistent now that we have ultra ball, right? So you think about what made it good before. Well, you know, I usually had like really good turn ones and won most of the games where I got an energy in the discard pile to attach to a Moltres and energy attached to either a Moltres or an Urshifu. And then, you know, I was, I was just set up from there to make a lot of cool plays. So I think the ultra ball really helps that deck. That was kind of the thing that I was missing with that deck where I had to play Articuno to try to supplement, but then you don't really want that thing on the bench in most cases because <laughs> it's kind of a, a gusting liability and outside of drawing cards, it doesn't really do much for you. Uh, it draws you one card, right? Whereas Ultra Ball has just a lot more utility. Um, yeah. So Urshifu Moltres gains that Ultra Ball and I think it elevates the deck certainly. And again, it hits for weakness on both Arceus and Mew. So Seems like it'd be a good option. You could play Luminion would be something that I would consider as well because that will allow you to potentially play a thin Raihan line, like maybe just one Raihan because that was Ooh. something that the deck the deck didn't play in my version of it. It was like, okay, we're going to go energy switch, shenanigans, and attachment. And that was the only way that I could get rapid uh, GMAX rapid flow <laughs> off. But if you can play Luminion, then you just play like one Raihan and then hopefully you can get that out whenever you need it. So I like the deck. I think it gains a lot with Ultra Ball. I think it gains a little bit with Luminion. That's kind of a, you know, you don't have to play that card, but something that could give it a little spice. And uh, yeah, I think that could be a, a nice deck heading into this weekend's tournament. If you can't tell, we think fighting in dark are good types to have coverage <laughs> for. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just nice to have a snipe attack. Oh yeah. Um, Moltres is a super efficient attacker on the whole. Um, so yeah, a lot to like with that deck. 
And a lot of, honestly, like a lot of these uh, like VMAX, VSTAR decks, they're not going to be playing mana fees and stuff. No, no, that's certainly true. I think, you know, you're looking at mana fee in the one prize decks. Yeah. And that's about it. I would agree with that. So let's talk about a multi-prize deck then. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think we have we have two that we've kind of been talking about uh, that we haven't really addressed. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with an oldie, and that is Mew VMAX. Believe it or not, folks, Mew is still good. I know everyone was saying that Mew was going to die and that it was going to be the worst deck ever with a drop of Brilliant Stars. And much to everyone's surprise, that is not the case. Mew is going to continue to be one of the strongest decks in the format uh other decks certainly can compete it is not uh you know it's not an sss tier all by itself but Mew just has so much going for it you have the meloetta for turn one huge amounts of damage you have the genesect for basically unlimited draw throughout the game you have the consistency and variety in your attacks be it you can psychic leap to heal you can Use Genesect attack for just easy, simple damage. Uh, or you can use Max Miracle to pierce through effects. I mean, there's just like literally everything you could possibly want in a deck. And <laughs> Mew loves Ultra Ball. It is crazy how much it right. loves Ultra Ball. Right. It Ultra Ball provides the hand thinning for the Genesect. It gives you an actual reliable search out for your Mew V Maxes, which the deck honestly kind of lacked <laughs> before. Um and it's just a, a good search card for any of your Pokemon. I mean, Ultra Ball is so good in the Mew deck, it's absurd. Um, Mew benefits just a lot from that card alone being present in the metagame. Uh, in addition to the fact it was already really good, in, in case you didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. The rumors of Mew's death <laughs> are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. I think, again, continues to be um, a solid contender. I mean, there's a few different ways you could play it. The standard way that, you know, Riley, you're talking about. But another way that I think could be pretty strong as well is maybe playing a more uh, double turbo focused and Cheryl build. So with the idea being that you're going to, you know, kind of forego the, um, you know, trying to get big plays off with the, uh, with the, the special energy and just going for the double turbo and the the Cheryl plays and maybe trying to heal a little bit um and and getting things going that way so guy who know, plays dark decks ways. telling you to play healing Mew. <laughs> wait a second bro i'm not even going i'm not wait, even going wait a bro. second here something's I'm not e- fishy i'm just i'm just say- so okay so why would you play healing Mew? because Mew already has a built-in healing kind of attack right in the Mew v the basic Mew. So why would you play a Cheryl-based Mew deck? Well, if you're going to go against an Arceus deck that's not Dark Arceus, then, you know, they're going to two-shot you, so you might want to have kind of an answer to that. Um, if you're going to go against, yeah, anything that's that's looking to two-shot, I'm thinking of, like, Suicune decks, Ice Rider decks, uh, those kinds of things, Entei decks while we're on that, um, <laughs> while we're on that topic. Like, it might just be a good idea to not have to shuffle in your Pokemon, and instead just be able to continue to attack with them on the field, and it makes it a little bit more, you know, consistent. You're not having to dig out of your deck every time your Mew and your Mew V Max. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, there, you know, Psychic Leap is not a completely sustainable strategy. You know, you need to get the two energy into play. You need 
to not get gusted as your muse have to continually be benched and re-evolve. Um, right. And the damage pressure isn't especially high with Psychic Leap. So, you know, it's not like Psychic Leap is just to get out of jail free heal either. No, so. no. And it just doesn't do enough damage like it doesn't put enough pressure on. So, exactly. you know, it, it, it might it might just be that, okay, we're playing standard Mew, but we're going to throw in like one Cheryl and like two double turbo or something. Fine. You know, maybe that's what it is instead of, you know, four double turbo and three Cheryl, whatever. Uh, just something to consider. That would be one option that I would at least explore. If I'm considering playing Mew, we kind of already know what standard Mew lists look like. And that should work perfectly well. But if you know you're going to play Mew and you're thinking about, well, what can I do to increase the power level or give my Mew list a new little spin or a new dynamic, it might just be that kind of Cheryl double turbo angle. <laughs> it's a Cheryl angle, folks. GW, let's talk about, I mean, we've referenced this card a multitude of times so far. What's the, what's the last archetype on our radar? Yeah, for sure. Last archetype in our kind of general top five for this weekend would be Arceus. There's a couple different ways to play Arceus. Um, you could really play Arceus with almost any color. I think at this point I've seen water Arceus, dark Arceus, lightning Arceus, like fire Arceus. Like you can play it with pretty much anything and feel generally good about being able to play a game of Pokemon, right? Like with the Arceus decks, you're always going to be in the game for the most part. You know, if you can get that V star up, you can star birth, you can find the pieces that you need it's just a consistent, you know, core Arceus is, right? So you can play it with pretty much anything. The question comes, what is the ideal partner? What is the best partner to counter the metagame and give you a chance in what you expect to see and also what you, you know, might think would be like a fringe deck? So, Riley, I posit that question to you. If you're going to play Arceus at the tournament, on Saturday, what would you pair it with? Well, I definitely would not pair it with Raichu. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. the The damage cap is good, but the uh, the all of them being weak to fighting type thing is not great. Um, and I don't well, really, I don't really I love say, dark for the same reason. To be honest, I will say lightning. Lightning, you could play it with with Rayquaza. Right, right. And I specifically said Raichu, not Lightning. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, because Rayquaza is certainly a, a solid option. It's I still don't think it's great. Um, I think that just the top two that I would be looking at is like a water variant, either straightforward or with Ice Rider. I think just having that ultra consistent deck, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, or I would look at playing... Honestly, I haven't really explored this, but I would love to find like a good psychic partner uh, that isn't Dark Week. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know what that would be. I haven't put enough, nearly enough thought process into this. I can tell as I'm saying it out loud, but that's something I would look it's, to find. It's Gardevoir, bro. I was thinking of Gardevoir, <laughs> but I didn't want to say Gardevoir because I think that card's like overall not great. Right? No, it's horrible. So. For sure. <laughs> So I don't think it's Gardevoir. <laughs> Initially, my thought process was like, oh, like the pairing with Shadow Rider is kind of there. Uh, sure. But then I'm like, you're falling into the same problem, though, where you're like weak to the dark and the fighting. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. so like, I don't want those to be together, actually. Right. Um, right. 
But then your other option is like Gardevoir, which don't love that for me either. I mean, I get, you could play Cake. <laughs> sure. Which doesn't seem horrible, but doesn't seem good either. Yeah, it's uh, you, you certainly have some decisions to make. Some some tough decisions. Oh, uh, what are your what are your thoughts, JW? I don't know, man. Like it just feels like you could play that card with anything. So <laughs> yeah. if you feel, you know, it, it's just the kind of thing where you just pick a color, run with it, and you know your guess is as good as anyone else's, and you just you just try to make the, the most informed decision. I would probably play it with dark um, if I were to go. Yeah, play in that tournament. I, that that would just be my like like play it with the uh, play with the Moltres probably. Because um, then that opens up, you know, energy switch plays to get this guy um, and his Moltres. I, I know, man. <laughs> I just I love. I have a I have a you know what for Moltres. It just that that's where my head's at. You know, you're playing an all two prize deck. You play it with Moltres. Maybe you throw in some kind of like counter energies or, or basic fighting. So you can play like Zapdos to try to hit into weakness on your yeah, opponent's Pokemon. There you go. Um, you know, make it, make it dark focus, but maybe a little bit more of a counter box style. A deck. That would be a little bit <laughs> yeah. about where I would go with that archetype. I like it. I like it. I don't hate the idea of playing Zapdos, uh, you know, deal with your opponent's Arceus. There you go. Maybe a little echoing horn action. A little echoing horn action. Put an extra V <laughs> into play so that way you get to power up your attack easier. Oh, baby. We're thinking with portals right now. <laughs> so I I think overall, message is there's a lot of really solid decks out there. We don't know yet which of them is the best. Personally, I if I had to pick my top two of this five that I would take, I would say single strike and Entei. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, I'll be excited to see what Entei lists come out of this weekend because we were talking about that that before the cast, and I, I just didn't really have Entei on the radar. Um, but obviously, you know, after talking with you about it, it seems like it could be a, a strong option for players. Yeah, I just love Suicune too, so. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So Entei's cool. Um, let's then jump into... Let's jump. JW, you mentioned that you have certain feelings for for Moltres. I I I do. And if I, you're experiencing those kinds of feelings, then that you need to be taken care of with your down there hairs. <laughs> and what better way to do that than with our sponsor, Manscaped? In case you didn't know, Tag Team is presented by Manscaped. And we love our Manscaped products from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer to their underwear and body wash and shampoo and conditioner. Manscaped's got everything you need to look and feel your best. So when you find that beautiful Moltres that makes you feel that same kind of way, you are looking and feeling amazing. JW, tell us a little bit about Manscaped. Yeah, I just actually used uh the the lawnmower 4.0 just the other day it was great really nice experience and now that i know i'm going to be out in public for <laughs> uh the the 1k potentially i might be going on sunday we'll have to see what? still up in the air yeah i know breaking news <laughs> um but now that i know i might be going it might be time to trim up the old nose and ear hair so that is Can't perfect have 
No, absolutely not. So uh, Manscaped helps me out with that. And if you guys have, you know, problems with that, you, you know, you're trying to get in your ears or your nose with like a razor or, or I, I've even had to do scissors in the past. Like my wife has had to, I've had to do a little oh, no. nose scrunch and then she goes in with a pair of, it's, it's weird, man. There's some really <laughs> weird things you have to do to get rid of body hair. Don't do that stuff. Okay. Don't do it. Do it. Do it with Manscaped. Buy Manscaped products. And the best part about it is you can get these products on a discount by using our code tag team for 20% off plus free shipping. That's one of the things that I just hate about ordering products online is I had to pay for shipping. You don't have to do that when you use our code tag team 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you so much to Manscaped for sponsoring the cast. GW, before we talk about TCG Live, I do have a card of the day for you. Uh, I'll go quick through it, so that way we have plenty of time to talk about our new favorite application on our computers. But I did want to give a shout-out to a beautiful card from Brilliant Stars. Uh, If you're familiar with the lore of the cast, I have a really beautiful, crispy base set first edition Pikachu uh, that was given to me by a close friend. And that same close friend... Their favorite Pokemon, even though they don't play the games, is Vaporeon. And in mm. Brilliant Stars, there is a gorgeous, gorgeous character rare of Vaporeon. Many of the character rares in the set are amazing and beautiful. We've talked about them a handful of times before on the cast. But I wanted to give a special shout-out to the Vaporeon because it is just so freaking cute. Uh, it is swimming through, like, a, a forest pond or lake of some sort there's lily pads there's like grass sticking out of the water blues in there his pants are all wet now because he's standing in the water he's kind of confused what's going on but vaporeon is absolutely loving what's going on there (laughs) and it's just such a nice card i mean this looks like this honestly looks like one of the one of the cards where you'd see like an artist had taken art and extended it out and painted over the card this looks sure. like that, and it's so sure. cool and nice. Um, so I'm actually probably going to pick one of these up this weekend to give to my friend. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the character rares. I had the opportunity to open some Brilliant Stars early from uh, being shipped some some boxes from the Pokemon Company International, and I just loved the character rares. I think the Dedenne in the set is my personal so favorite, cute. but yeah. I would love to get my hands on a Vaporeon. Great card. Yeah, absolutely. So let's transition then into Pokemon Trading Card Game Live, the new premier way to enjoy the Pokemon Trading Card Game in an online space. It is currently released for a limited run of the beta, uh, currently exclusive to Canada, although there's been a huge uptick in Canadian population in the last few days is what I'm hearing. Well, I just moved for legal legal (laughs) reasons. reasons. yeah. I'm in Canada right now. Yeah. If the cops are listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so we have pretty solid first impressions at this point, uh, having either witnessed or played in the game directly. And I think first and foremost, let's talk about what's good. Let's talk about what was a net benefit of the transition for Pokemon Trading Card Game Live. And... I think the main things for me is I can tell the the under the hood is much more robust. I can tell that just by 
looking at the game. And what I mean by that is TCGO, many of the cards felt like they kind of were just programmed as they went and like disjointedly added over time. Uh, I don't see that same problem necessarily happening again with TCG Live. I have a strong feeling that many of the cards are more uh, repeatably programmatically designed. Uh, And we haven't seen any mechanical issues really mm-hmm. in terms of like how the cards function you know sure. visual yes mechanical no i would say um so that's good i think the main benefit though of tcg live far superseding any of the mechanics is uh the the crafting system the ability to to actually build the cards that you want directly um and have those available to you it in terms yes. of, of ratios i i always get a little wary when a new card game has like a, a crafting system of like what's what's the ratio here you know how much do you have to put in to actually get something out of it right. and tcg live actually is pretty solid i would say like payoff to to input ratio um so it's going to be pretty easy if you play the game to get the cards that you want yeah i will say i don't know to what extent just playing the ladder will get you the coins or the credits necessary to craft well because the angle that I'm coming at it from where, you know, yeah, it's been pretty easy for me to get certain decks, um, but I input, you know, about 250 codes into my game um, to get all the, the credits that I have to be able to dust into new cards. And, you know, obviously that's a, pretty significant investment if you look at how expensive codes are now so yeah it, i think it's a, you know it's, it's tough to say like because because i feel like going f- going the further we get away from the migration period like the harder it's going to be to keep up with i do i do agree with that uh and part of the reason i think that's the, the case credits. is because there's no there's no manual disenchanting of cards right mm-hmm. like you have to have four copies and receive a fifth to actually disenchant your cards and that goes for every variant of the card as well so like (laughs) if i have four copies of i don't know dark explorers ultra ball and then i get four copies of brilliant stars ultra ball and then i get four reverse copies of brilliant stars ultra ball all of those will still be like unique iterations that still won't give me any dust or uh credits as they call them uh, right. So I, I think there is something to be said. I think once you have a collection, you'll start to accumulate the credits quickly, but you need like some initial input to get there. Yeah, um, exactly. And then the last it, last sorry major positive I wanted to give, and then you can feel yeah, free ahead. to to add more or loop back onto the others, is they do provide you a fair amount of like starter cards that are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have like Urshi food decks available at the start. They have Zashi and Zamazenta decks available at the start. Uh, Inteleon lines are included as as part of some of these decks. Um, they're not like four copies of Zashi and out of the gate, but I think it's fairly generous for compared to what we used to get, especially you know, like yeah. comparing a, a whole Zashi deck to Basic Blue is yes, like yes, <laughs> night yes. day. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You can definitely see that they are trying to get new players to kind of think about what a good deck would look like. Um, with the decks that have given you it's like oh okay there aren't you know a full 4-4 line of shadow rider calyrex 
but I could see how adding more of those in would make the deck better. And that gives me yeah. a goal to kind of work towards. So yeah, absolutely. They did a really nice job in kind of the setup catering to new players. I think that's the, the biggest, like, like, you know, finally thank you that I can say to, you know, the developers <laughs> of this game, they really did consider what it would be like for a new player to try to get in, to try to build a new deck uh, from scratch. Absolutely. So talking a little bit about the crafting system, um, what I think, you know, we were talking about, well, it might be harder the longer we get out to kind of keep up with things. Um, we still don't quite know. I, I haven't really experienced because I didn't have enough diamonds, which is another <laughs> subset of um, currency in the game. But I didn't have enough diamonds to get into the advanced or the premium battle pass and that is where some of the real gains can be made because you can get a bunch of the mu v max cards right now yeah if you can unlock that uh that premium battle pass so that might be an avenue again to like keep players you know playing and just getting the new decks like pretty immediately if they can get a a premium battle pass um, and i think and what's worth calling avenue. out as well is it's called a premium battle pass but Normally when I hear that phrase, I associate it with like real life currency being exchanged sure. for that battle pass. That's not sure. the case for TCG Live. There's actually no true microtransactions. I'm sure you could make arguments right. about codes being a microtransaction of some sort, but there's no direct input of money into the TCG Live client, right? Like Right. They, they are not directly making money from this game other than you buying the packs to get the codes right which i don't think they would factor as money made by the game Um, exactly so you could make an argument that that isn't necessarily the right move and that they should make money off this game so they can support it better but uh that's a a different conversation (laughs) and that's i think another yeah episode in the future we want to focus on kind of what like initial impressions what we've liked what we haven't liked uh, we've already kind of talked about. We gave the bullets for what we liked. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I just like I hate to, um, you know, I want to offer, I want to use this episode as like uh, constructive yeah. feedback um, because you know it is in beta, and also the people that worked on this game are actual human beings. So I think we need to take that into account when we talk about what they've produced because yeah. I know people that have worked on this game. Literally, yeah. And people that are adjacent to this game. <laughs> and they are fantastic people. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact that they care possibly more than I do. <laughs> possibly more than you do. Possibly more than Andrew. Possibly more than any Pokemon creator you can think of. They care more about how the brand is represented. And that, you know, than, than we do, right? So yeah. I, I want to just take that into consideration where it's like, you know, I, it's funny to like, you know, make jokes and yeah, I've reached out to some of these people that I know that work at Pokemon and it's like, you know, Hey, uh, listen, I, I'm, you know, I appreciate the effort that you put in, but here's <laughs> the constructive criticism. Like, here's what I just, as a user of this application, if I didn't know you, you know, here are some of the things that I really just struggled with getting into P2CG live. Yeah. So with that said, you know, again, I want to just shout out the effort that was put in because we don't know how big the dev team was. We don't know how big the budget was. 
Right. We don't know any of these things. So it could have been a fantastic effort for, you know, because they only had a limited, but like, we don't know these factors. So like, thank you for what the dev team has done. And then from here, let's give some just, you know, Right. Uh, criticisms, but just know that they come out of love for the game and and you know respect. For and that's really what I would, that's already that's really into. what I emphasize as well is we only say this because we care about the game and we want to see it reach its best iteration possible. Yep. You know, if if we didn't care, we would just drop it and move on. So exactly, exactly. With so, that said, <laughs> with that said, let's let's get into it. I, I think we both have a really long list. Riley, you have yours written down, which I really appreciate. Um, I'll just go first because I, I know, you know, I don't, you, you can definitely talk for longer than this <laughs> cast uh, is going to go about what you want. But one of the things that I want to bring up, and, and this will be a, a jumping off point for future, for the future here, the, one of the biggest things that I noticed in the game is that the, um, the, the like searching functions and some of the in menu selections we're not very intuitive. So giving an example, when I go to the deck builder, it was not very intuitive for me to switch between different cards. It was not particularly intuitive to filter out cards that I needed in my deck that I didn't actually own. There's actually a filter that you need to check so that you can search for all cards. And if you don't have that all cards filter checked off then if you search for a card you don't have then you'll not see it in the list it's like little things um involving that there's some gameplay um just just technical things that just don't feel right like there are certain parts in menus or in the gameplay where if i click on a card and and zoom in then i can't just click on the white space around it to get out of that view i have to like click the x oh yeah that one bothers me a lot and that's just really it's just really frustrating because there's kind of a, a basic like how computer code has been written and how these applications have been written. That's just kind of a, a no brainer at this point that just didn't feel like it got baked into the game, you know, and, and there's just some some navigation that I really struggled with. I would definitely agree. I especially like the having to click on the X instead of clicking in the the negative space is something that mm-hmm. really bothers me um, as a development lead myself. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I wrote down quite a bit of thoughts. Um, they're of incredibly high variance in terms of like how important they are to the long-term success of the game. Uh, but they're all things that I found notable enough to, to at least take note of. Um, when I wrote them down, they were, as I wrote them down, you know, as they came to my head, I'm going to try and, and jump through them in a way that makes a little more logical sense. So um, if it takes me a second to like get to a thought, I'm probably scrolling through my list trying to make sure that I didn't miss anything <laughs> because I'm going to go be going back and forth. Sure. With that said, let's start visually because that's the first thing you notice when you open the game is the visuals <laughs> by design of your eyeballs. Um, so the visual direction of the game is very poor, in my opinion. Uh, right when you open the game, you are greeted by half of a screen of a shaman from Brilliant Stars and half of a screen of bathroom tiles. Um, I, I have called it on the cast for the last couple months, the hexagon dimension. I stand by the hexagon dimension. 
Uh, and I didn't realize the extent at which you were trapped in the hexagon dimension, actually. Um, and to say that the entire board is hexagons, the entire client is filled with hexagons outside of gameplay. It's actually insane how many hexagons there are. It Hexagons, to me, are like what you feel modern is if you were asked what modern would look like in 2002. Like a futuristic mm-hmm. modern vibe. That's what, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah, the, the part that kind of bothers me and maybe you can rebut this riley but the part that kind of bothers me is that there are other games that have come out that that they're they're not focused on like one theme like it just felt like it felt like the developers all got together one night and they're like okay let's play settlers of Catan," and like nobody (laughs) knew what that was and then they're like oh my gosh this is the greatest game ever this is so cool (laughs) this is so cool i love the i love the way these fit together (laughs) they're they have six sides and i can put two together and then i can fit a third one in there like it's so nice um (laughs) and it just it there's there's a stare on this it just it doesn't i don't know like and I think the hexagon, I mean, the hexagons bother me all over the place, but there's also like two distinct patterns in the bottom left and bottom right of your gameplay board that are like shaped like soccer balls almost with the way the hexagons are positioned. And I can't right. unsee it. I just see like two giant soccer balls in the middle of my Pokemon game. Right. Right. But I think you know what I'm talking about. So I absolutely do. So the hexagon dimension is is strictly unappealing. You know, when you play master duel or magic arena you're playing in like a physical space even when you play tcgo you're playing in a physical space that exists or you know it's made to feel like it exists rather uh the hexagons i could not be convinced that this exists (laughs) and if it does i don't want to go there (laughs) (laughs) it exists in the meta so i spent too much time on the hexagons there is too much blank space in the game the game is clearly designed for mobile first and ported to desktop and this is most obvious when you're in the game and there is just a horde of blank space probably like 50 to 60 percent of the screen has nothing going on in it uh, which is a shame because the cards are very small (laughs) well what okay this bothers me let's talk about just the in-game aesthetic Uh, it bothers me that everything relating to not the active Pokemon is in a line basically at the bottom of the <laughs> That's screen. That's true. Yeah. Again, I, I understand that maybe there's some like mobile restrictions, but it's just very difficult for me to think that they only thought about mobile and then, you know, they were like, ah, eh, nobody's going to play this on the desktop. Like, ah, it's just, it's frustrating. So Which everything is, so weird. is in that. Yeah. So again, we're coming at it from a, from a desktop kind of perspective as well, by the way. Um, but everything is in this line at the bottom and it makes it so everything's really compressed. And it's like they made a design decision that impacted negatively a lot of other design decisions because they have, they put everything in a line. So now they have to make everything smaller. So now they have to reduce the card size. Now you can't really tell what certain cards do or what, you know, even the art, like it's kind of, it's just kind of compressed, right? Like it's, it's, you don't get the full picture of what's actually happening on the board. And it's just, it's annoying. It's really that that bothers me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I would agree. That's a I didn't really think of it in that particular way where everything's just in a line, but you're totally right. Um and it doesn't have to be like that, right? Like if we no. if we're playing in in uh you know, in real life, like my deck and my discard pile might be vertically. Up closer yeah. to my uh, vertically, 
right? They are stacked on top of each other. The deck might be closer to my active than to my bench, right? I might have like the deck kind of in the active uh, zone and then the discard pile in the kind of bench zone, you know, just to give perspectives there. And then like my prizes, they, they could be literally anywhere, I think. They could <laughs> yeah. even give us, like they could give us um, just one card that had a number on it. Instead, we have this line of cards for for no real reason. Like, there's no reason it has to be a line of cards, but it is. And that just takes up space. That could be better used by, I think, it could, I think it could be better used by the cards. Like, what I want to see when I play Pokemon and what I think they should feature is the art of the cards. <laughs> Yeah. Like the art in this game is the best art. Like it's 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 modern art. Like the the artists are fantastic for this game. They are. They're and they're way better than any other game. I think even on like a set like I could take one set and compare it against an entire game's worth catalogs worth of cards and I would say, you know, Pokémon's like I could take Evolving Skies or Brilliant Stars and put that up against the entirety of Yu-Gi-Oh's art and be like, I really still just like Pokemon better. Like they, the art should be just featured and the fact that they're crushing the cards and crushing everything down in the gameplay experience. So antithetical, I think, to some of the core principles of the trading card game. I would agree. So you know, carrying on on the theme of like visuals, uh, again, that's kind of our first bucket here. Is the the bench is just really unsatisfying. Like you have these cards that are just crunched into nothingness. You know, you there's plenty of room on the screen, at least on desktop, to to fit the whole card. So why not? Especially for cards that are like full art and stuff, you just don't even get to appreciate the the wonderful card that you spent your credits crafting. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, Again, continuing th- down the themes of visuals, um, graphical fidelity isn't great. Um, if you watched Andrew's first stream, you saw some crazy stuff happening. Uh, I haven't seen that level of craziness since Andrew's first streams. I don't know what happened there, uh, but there is still some like weird like fidelity issues going on. Like sometimes cards just don't load for a little bit, um, and you have like a backwards card, and it's a Rotom phone or whatever. Um, other times you have like weird poppiness i would say of mm-hmm. so like when you promote a pokemon it has a visual effect that plays in the hexagon dimension um and it was really bizarre because sometimes it seems like that effect isn't like loaded all the way there's like weird black mm-hmm. lines through it where i think there's supposed to be something happening um so it's just bizarre and if it's if that is intentional the fact that it made me think that <laughs> <laughs> shows that there's a problem with what was intentionally designed. Um, so, yeah, like, the fidelity of the graphics isn't all the way there. Um, this one is, like, maybe a bridge between game feel and visuals, but the attacks have, like, no animation really associated with them, at least not one that's impactful. Um, and that makes a, a huge impact into what I'll talk about later with, like, how the game feels. Mm. Um the this is really nitpicky but like status effects and the the buff and debuff arrows all look 
horrible like confusion looks like it was done in ms paint um, yeah that's a big issue that i have as well with the game one of my overarching kind of takeaways from what has been created in ptcg live is that it doesn't feel like we are playing the pokemon trading card game and, and i do want to transition kind of, into game feel proper after visuals sure 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 so we'll, we'll get to kind of fleshing that out a little bit more but one of those aspects is you know which direction every card is facing. <laughs> it's kind of weird to me that, you know, everything's scrunched down, so we can't even read the card. So it's not like a matter of, okay, we have to have everything facing one way because <laughs> otherwise people wouldn't be able to see what's going on. No, these things are really compressed. So there's no way we can read it anyway. We're all just do it going on visual. <laughs> um, you know, so so turn those things around, but then, you know, yeah, you get into these, yeah, the 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 visuals of of confusion or, or burn or paralysis like it just looks kind of awkward because you're not able to spin um, the card in any particular direction like you would when you're playing the actual game and i want to specifically reference the arrows so um so for example it, let's say that you used metagross v max's attack and you're going to do 100 extra damage or 150 extra damage on the following turn um in TCGO, you get this little green circle with a, an, a white up arrow inside of the circle indicating that that Pokemon has some sort of positive effect on it. And for a negative effect, it would be a, a red circle with a down arrow. Mm-hmm. They have kind of done that same thing on TCG Live, but it is like the ugliest asset I've I've seen, man. It is. Mm-hmm. And it, there's like almost like JPEG artifacts looking around it, but it's like a, just a green arrow and a red arrow. Um, but something about it just doesn't look right. I, I can't quite describe it. Look at it yourself. You'll see what I mean. Um, they just look off. They don't They don't look like they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, again, staying on visuals, cards when they're not immediately in your focus. So like if they're not like a card that you've like blown up to view the details of, they immediately go to a lower resolution and it's noticeably so. It's not like... It's not like the card is small in your hand, and so they just put it at like 720p instead of 1080 because to save a little space. Um, it's like they go they go down down, <laughs> and it yeah. looks weird, um, and it's, it's just like almost jarring. Oh, for sure. Um, in terms of visuals, the hollow patterns are very like inconsistent in how satisfying they are to look at. I won't harp on that one too much because that's just there's like a, a yeah, there's a green tint to them. Um. This one could kind of be like visual or gameplay, but the V-Star marker is like not super visually clear what's going on with it. It's they're both stuck on the right hand side and they're both they both start for you and your opponent in like a grayscale um, and then they get a slash through them when you've used your V-Star power. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to me, like based on like how, you know, you visually represent games i would expect it like pre-use to be kind of in color almost and then and then go to grayscale after use it's like i know it's like a minor thing but this is like the visual language of games these days would lend itself to that in my opinion sure sure um and then this one i'll say that one for usability let's go into let's go into game feel so jw referenced how the game just like doesn't feel genuinely like pokemon and there's a lot of things that contribute to that um, I think one of the, the big ones is 
the board doesn't feel like a real thing you know like you have your cards facing the wrong directions you have your prizes laid out some bizarre way you know your bench your prizes your deck and your discard all in a line like good goodness gracious if i saw someone do that in real life <laughs> i would go I'd crazy be calling a judge. <laughs> i'd go crazy yeah. it it just it's interesting to me that that's the case because if the goal of the client was simply as ptcgo 2.0 a teaching tool online simulator for players yeah. like an online simulator just a teaching tool for players to you know kind of level up so that they could play in pokemon sanctioned live events then why would you make decisions that didn't like represent what would be expected at an actual tournament yeah i would agree. that I, I really just don't get that where it's like, if this is simply, you know, a, you know, super free to play, just kind of a, a tool for new players to get them up to speed. Why are there decisions being made that actively go against what you would find in a tournament setting? It, it just, it's very bizarre. Everything turned the same way. Maybe it's just, again, a mobile decision, but certainly they could do something different for the, the um the desktop version like it, i i just don't get it the prizes the way cards are turned doesn't lead itself to turning things for status conditions and the benches are really awkward um where the decks are placed are not where they would be placed in yeah. an actual game um there's just a lot of things about the actual space of gameplay that just aren't how people actually play the game yeah and i'll even go like to the to the next step of this and say even beyond the fact that it doesn't look or feel necessarily directly like pokemon cards it's just like not satisfying to perform actions in the game as is uh so for example um when you play like a powerful 10 mana legendary card in hearthstone you know that card will, will do something crazy it'll affect the board mm-hmm. in some way you know, even if it's the most vanilla thing ever and it doesn't, like, completely wipe your opponent's field on summon, it'll, like, shake the board. It'll it'll create cracks in the arena as it hits the field. Stuff like that. Um, you know, there's no, like, there's no kinetic energy to playing cards in this game, right? Like, you you slide open, you slide over your, your bundle D onto the bench and he just kind of ends up there. And it has <laughs> the same impact as if you were to slide a V max onto the bench. And even outside the impact, it's like, you don't even control like where on the bench they go and stuff like that. It just, it feels odd. <laughs> it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. You know, it just, yes. it feels like something happened completely outside of your, <laughs> your agency. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a good way to put it. And, and it goes for, like, a lot of the actions in the game. One thing that I think contributes to this as well is, like, there's no snappiness to the game either. So in addition to, like, not being explosive and interesting, there's no snappiness to it either. So, like, the actions are slow. They take a lot of time. Cards, like, shove up into your face for no reason. Uh, 
you know, when I think of like attaching an energy, for example, in TCGO, like the energy just goes on the guy and like, right. we know, we know what happened there. <laughs> but like in TCG Live, the energy like comes right up to your face. Like, okay, here's the energy. Make sure you, you're aware of what's going on. And then, yeah. and well, then flies over one the of, guy. One of the interesting things that I, I, I actually, now that I'm in PTCG Live, like I'm going to give PTCGO credit for is that with certain actions, they made sure that the other player acknowledged that action do you know what i'm saying like there was kind of a checkpoint at uh-huh. certain at certain spots to make sure that certain game actions were understood and acknowledged by either player and that doesn't happen here so uh, as an example in ptcg live if i'm looking at my opponent's discard pile actions can still be going on like on their side of play while i'm looking at their discard pile that i would have no idea that they've done and it that just like real ju- life to be fair oh well i, I know right <laughs> but like but like there's no there's no audio cue yeah right? i think no, the lack i think the lack saying. of strong audio cues is kind of what you're really getting at there um yeah. in my opinion because i think tcgo actually for for sound effects i mean at least to me like there there might not be the most interesting or good sound effects but like I know what the energy attachment sound effect is, for example. I, sure. I know what like sure. the coin flip sounds like, things like that. Sure. And that like it means something. Um getting back to like the snappiness though, like even outside of of some of that simple stuff, you know outside of like the, the auditory feedback and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's it's just not it's not the you know, there's no snappiness is such a good word. You know, like when you play a crushing hammer, for example, the text box comes up that like your opponent is flipping a coin and then the coin flips and it takes a a really long time to do that and then the (laughs) coin lands and it's like okay it's a heads and then if you flip the heads you got to drag the card you can't click the card you got to drag it uh and it's just it feels gross it's like you're going through molasses to get this crushing (laughs) hammer into play yes yes (laughs) and it it feels icky uh yeah certainly on a desktop you would expect kind of a a click click yeah effect there's not there's uh, not no the click drag there's no clicks basically it's mm-hmm. all dragging which mm-hmm. is not a good feeling the the other odd thing is there were actions that were like so streamlined in tcgo that aren't in things like this so for example like if i'm playing a a raichu v and and discarding all the energy in play for example uh, on TCGO, how you might do that is you can actually just click on the little energies attached to your Pokemon, and it'll know, like, okay, you wanted this energy from this Pokemon. Let's discard that one. Uh, on TCG Live, you have to expand the Pokemon and click on each energy of theirs individually, then click the X button to close that Pokemon <laughs> and go to the next one. <laughs> you have to do that for all the Pokemon that you want to discard for. Like, that's so icky. It just, yeah. I don't know a better way to describe it than like icky and, and not snappy. It, it feels bad. Yeah, um, it does for sure. Other like game feel type things is um, some of the things are just like not super intuitive. So, you know, like Pokemon brandish whether they or not they have an ability, but it doesn't like gray out if you've used the ability or anything like that. It's just like little things that would make the game look and feel better to play. You know, I don't need to see this giant brandishing that my Bavarel has an ability. I care more if I can use it this turn. The other interesting thing that I think about 
the you know we we're just talking about abilities and that's a really good point that you bring up is like how do we know that an ability has been used we kind of don't at this point like we can tell the v star has been used but that's only because there's an actual you know marker right and you can only use one per game but one of the things that i feel like would be kind of cool that would be a pretty easy implementation would be when you do use an ability like if it would if it would you know, if, if it would do something more than just a, a tiny little text that comes up on the screen, yeah. um, if it would, again, you know, we kind of, kind of come back to like, well, if it would modify the, the hexagon dimension, like that would be kind of cool. Like if it, if it yeah. flashed behind the screen, like the Pokemon card, honestly, yeah, whereas like literally the ability, just the like, art of the card and the hexagons. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and, and maybe this is a thing where, okay, it's, it's beta and they're adding like different functionality like that. But um, that is certainly something that I would look to as being like, a very simple fix where you're just when something is announced when there's an ability being used it shows up more than just a little line of text yeah that states the ability. and I, th- I think in general like that line of text is is overused um you know it displays for like literally every single action that comes up during your opponent's turn and it's not helpful <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and it appears almost like obtrusively at times so for example like when you're when a pokemon's about to attack this is something that like really bothers me and I can't like maybe it doesn't to other people. But when your Pokemon is about to attack, you know, let's say your Mew is about to is about to max miracle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the text box will appear in the middle of the screen saying max miracle. And then your Mew, after that is said, will rise up and the lack of an animation will happen and your your Pokemon will take damage. Um, to me, yes. it makes more sense. If the Mew comes up, like it rises up, and then it says Max Miracle, and the damage happens, like the order of operations just seems wrong, and it it feels wrong to me. It, it feels mm, off, right? Right. You know, like when I'm attacking in real life, I'm either just saying it, or if I'm if I'm <laughs> lifting the card at all, I'm saying it like as the event is happening. You know, right? Like, right i wouldn't just like i wouldn't say max miracle then pick up my mew and like point at the target right for sure i don't know for sure i I can't quite describe but i think you understand what i'm getting at um another like game feel thing is attacks and abilities even if you can't use them just like the way they appear visually the language of of the visuals says that you can click on them basically you know, like if, if let's say I've already used my V star power on my Arceus, if I click on my Arceus, to like attack with it, it'll still show the V star power in like a little bubble. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, I can't click it and do anything. But like, so why is it showing me at all? Mm-hmm. Like, just don't show right. it. <laughs> same, right. same for like an attack that you haven't fulfilled the cost for. And so I just don't get why it does that at all. Um, you know, like when I think of like TCGO, I, and I hate to belabor the point, but like if I think of TCGO, if I haven't got the energy to use an attack, it just isn't one that I can click on. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I don't understand exactly. why that's different. Um, and there's like a lot of minor things you can say about the game feel, but I think, I think that covers like kind of the, the baselines of it. It's just like, it doesn't feel like you're doing a lot with your cards. It feels like it almost feels like you're in tabletop sim and <laughs> yeah that that's the most frustrating thing where it just nothing 
nothing's nothing happening. Feels, yeah, nothing's happening. Nothing feels special. They they tried to do that. One thing that I I really dislike is like how certain cards hover. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. the actual path of certain cards. So let's say you were to play a quick ball. What happens is the quick ball gets played onto the field, and it's in kind of the same plane as both <laughs> yeah. active Pokemon. I know what you're saying. And then it comes back up into kind of the floating zone and it just <laughs> kind of wobbles floating for <laughs> yeah. a while and then and then it goes down into the into the discard pile when you're finished like it's just the path of it is like very unusual <laughs> i don't know why it goes down under the field of play and doesn't just stay there because that's again what would happen in a real life setting is like you play a card it stays on the field until it goes to the discard pile. It doesn't go into this like floating thing. What are you like picking it up to read it or something? Like, I don't, I don't understand what that's supposed to simulate. A couple of other like game feel nitpicky things. Um, we talked before about how it like kind of takes you out of the action a lot with the text boxes, the, um, the fact that like you can't scroll consistently with your scroll mm-hmm. wheel. If mm-hmm. you have like things to scroll through is really odd and doesn't feel well um the the fact that your hand like stacks up and you have no way to disable that or to rearrange the cards in it like i think one Mm -hmm. thing that i've noticed pretty consistently with modern online trading card game clients is they have some kind of thing that you can do idly with like your mouse Mm -hmm. during your opponent's turn or like when you're not doing anything so like sure on Hearthstone, you can interact with, like, the arena and, like, make things explode and stuff, and it's fun. Um, you know, in Yu-Gi-Oh!, you can emote or click on your guys and do stuff like that. Um, in Pokemon, like, you can click on the hexagons and make them light up while you're clicking on them, and that's it. Uh, you can't rearrange your hand. You can't um, You can't click on anything and have anything visually interesting happen. It's just... I think especially though, like the way the hand looks and feels is just not good to me. I also yeah. don't like how there's a counter for the cards in your hand. I think that works <laughs> great for the opponent's hand, but for your hand, it appears like right in the middle of your hand. And it almost looks this, it looks actually exactly the same visually as when your <laughs> cards are stacked. So yeah. it's like, do I have five bosses orders in my hand right now? Like what's, <laughs> what's going on? You know? Yeah. 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 If you don't know about the game, right again, you're a new player. If you had four or less on that number, you wouldn't really know whether that's, you know, a hand size or how many of that card. Like, it's just not at least like it's not obvious. I'm going to keep saying visual language, at least like have the visual language of your total hand and the sub cards within your hand be different. You know, have that be a different symbol or something. It's the exact same symbol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's confusing. It's weird. Um, and then the. The last game feel thing I'll really touch on before we go into like UI and usability is you have to manually draw your last prize cards. <laughs> that is so funny, dude. <laughs> what? That is so funny. What? Yes, I I did this. I tested this cuz you know, we were just early like I wanted to see everything. It when you take your final prizes, PTCGO would just auto complete the game. In PTCG Live, you could sit there for the entirety of your timer. <laughs> And it's just so fun. Like, it's such BM. What? To your opponent. You have to take those last physical prizes. It's it's very so unusual. so insane. I don't understand. Why? 
<laughs> why and that's that's part of the part that's maybe the thing that frustrates me the most is when some of these like worked snappier or better or more intuitively in tcgo this is supposed to be our upgrade right like i'm i'm okay if it doesn't feel as good as expectations but it's got to at least it's got to at least meet tcgo <laughs> right right, <laughs> right if if it's not yeah well it, i mean there's there's something to be said for that right because it's like two different dev teams right no i so, understand i just think it's not a releasable product unless it meets tcgo oh oh i see what you're saying e- yeah i i i would have to agree with you on that <laughs> it's gotta it's gotta at least feel as good as ccgo to play um so those are like the game feel things there's certainly like more nitpicks that i could get into i do want to talk about usability um kind of and like ui design outside mm-hmm. of the game um uh, like in the client um so the first thing that bothers me is the the way like the deck builder and collection works namely it like stacks your cards together uh so for example if i have four dark explorer ultra ball and four um brilliant stars ultra ball it'll show eight ultra balls and i'll have to scroll through all the arts to like figure out what's there that seems much less intuitive to me than like just having them be separate (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and i'm not like totally bothered by it but it's also just like kind of weird like it stacks the rarest one on top, but I might only have one of those, for example. I might have one mm-hmm. gold Ultra Ball and then four other ones. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, not representative of what I would actually play. It's just... It's weird. I wish they were separated out more. Um, yeah. Or at least yeah, I, I wish... at least it was a toggleable. You know, like, I wish I could toggle it to separate out every variation yeah. of the card. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, The... Another, like, mechanical thing that kind of bothers me is kind of sticking the theme of the deck builder. There's no way to get to, like, an evolution line from a single card. So, like, you think of if you're building a Torterra deck, if you in TCGO, you could right-click on the Torterra and hit the arrow button, and you'd get to your grottles and your Turtwigs. Um, you can't do that. <laughs> you gotta search. <laughs> you gotta remember the grottle. You gotta search for grottle and find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a, a kind of smoothing out of of the deck builder so, that can be done. And you know, especially people who don't play the video games and like only play the cards, they don't always remember super well like the names of the middle and, and baby forms. So, you know, they might forget who grottle is. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Go to Google search like baby Tortera and <laughs> figure out <laughs> what it is. Uh, so that's just that's sucky. Um, I don't really like the mechanics of the crafting and deck building menu in general. Uh, the way the arrows work and how you exchange for credits just isn't like it's not like an intuitive or satisfying process to me. It almost feels like the crafting menu should be like a separate from the buttons to actually build your deck in my opinion mm-hmm. um i don't know you might feel differently about that one that's a little personal but I, I don't like how that works yeah the oh i forgot one more like game feel slash mechanics thing you can't see your hand when you promote your pokemon yeah that's i mean that that should be a pretty easy fix i hope <laughs> but you're right that is a, a problem <laughs> it's still worth calling out because that's insane um <laughs> Yeah, there are some things here that just kind of make me go, "Huh? Oh, did they have, did they have beta testers? Did they have like 
Uh, I mean, we are beta testers. Sorry, I take that back. Do they have like focus groups? Yeah, alpha or... testers or like internal testing or whatever. Um, yeah. And maybe they did. I don't mean to like throw them under the bus or anything, but it's like there are just some things in here that just kind of make me go, huh? Yeah. You know, that that's really interesting. Like that is a big that is a big point of the game is like you get something knocked out. You have to make a decision on what to promote. Right. Like that is a very easy catch as well. And it should be a very easy like uh, recoding of of whatever, you know, code is surrounding that. But um, it's just. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I did text Andrew yesterday. I think that in particular is probably an easy win for the devs. I think there's probably just a, a function call that happens at the start of your turn as opposed to yeah. um, at the end of the attack. And so that seems like it's fixable. Um, right. Very easily, I think. Hopefully. Other like UI usability things. Um, and I guess I'll just like broadly speaking to like systems type stuff. There's three currencies. There's really only two that like mean anything you got your you got your like your gems and you got your credits so what Mm -hmm. are the what are the coins doing you know like the coins are only used to buy visual stuff but you buy the coins with the gems and it's not like you get the gems by using real money or anything it's just the gems are another currency in the game so like just just have two currencies you know have have the card crafting currency and the stuff currency (laughs) yes right exactly yeah, the currency doesn't make much sense either. I'm I'm kind of small brained on that. Like I don't play a ton of online games, so I'm not really. Maybe this is kind of online with what other games do, but it does just seem needlessly. Um, I mean, the fact that you can exchange the gems for coins <laughs> just this makes it all the more bizarre because they have this like currency tab, and all you can do on it is exchange your gems for coins. So just get rid of the coins. Or get rid of the gems. One of them, right? Like, there's already an established deep. rate for them. So. They're in too deep, bro. They're in too deep. <laughs> they've committed. They've committed to the bit, and and don't know how to get out of it now. <laughs> um, so that's weird. Uh, another like system thing is there's no like spectator mode or anything as far as we can tell. I think that's just such a major win that like we've been asking for for so long alongside ranked. Um, so I'm disappointed to not see that. Um, also the ranked ladder, you can make arguments one way or the other, but it doesn't seem like there's any actual like numeric ranking associated with it. Maybe it's different when people actually get to like the Arceus tier, but Mm -hmm. I mean, the way I would personally like to see it is something kind of like, like Hearthstone's like legend system where you have more generic ranks for a period of time. And then you get an actual numerical rank once you're in like the top echelon of players. Sure. Um, I don't really like that. It's just like a tiered ranking system. It makes it hard to tell what the tiers actually mean. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that covers like the main bases for system stuff. I will say like, <laughs> the avatars themselves this kind of bleeds into visuals and system is just kind of they're ugly and weird and they have toes (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i didn't need to know that they had toes i I didn't need to know they had individual toes and those toes are long man (laughs) i just i I wouldn't have programmed sandals i would have kept it to shoes i will say i will say (laughs) of the game the the happiest I've been <laughs> it, playing the game has been surrounded by the uh, 
the avatars because they have funny catchphrases. They look really weird. They do weird poses. They're kind of funny. I've I've smiled a lot when I've thought about them, <laughs> and maybe not for the right reasons. I maybe not smile yeah. for the right reasons. But <laughs> the I've devil smile. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the avatars are kind of fun. I will stand by. They look like GameCube characters, but. I think at least the system is fun. Of like, it's always fun to like customize your own little guy and like make him say something funny. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. That's, I that's just literally the they... whole basis of the game franchise, The Sims, right? Is that you I make wish a they funny would. Guy. I wish they would stop breathing so much. <laughs> you wish death upon them? Or... <laughs> no, I just they 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 breathe too much in the game. Like, well, I think just... the real problem is they breathe in sync with each other. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, like... That's also a huge deal. Also, yep. like, a very minor, minor visual thing I noticed is on, like, the last couple of frames between when you take your last prize cards and going to the victory screen, you'll notice this if you actually pay attention now, is if you look at the avatars on the left-hand side, mm-hmm. on those last couple frames, instead of being, like, a close-up of, like, their of like their profile, like their LinkedIn photo, it becomes, it zooms out way, way far out. Because I think they only have, like, one asset that can that's loaded at a time for the, the avatar so it zooms out to their full body in that little frame <laughs> like for just a couple frames right before it switches i don't know why but that's just like so crazy to me it's a little so weird um yeah. and so i think overall like some of this stuff is nitpicky some of this stuff matters a lot i think the things that really matter a lot is the game is unappealing to look at and it's not snappy to play yeah um and i worry i think the thing that makes me most concerned is i worry how easy these things are to fix i think things like even the currencies but like things like bugs and glitches and and stuff like that is easy to fix but to completely change the way the game feels to play is a much taller ask um, and and what makes me most concerned at the end of the day is I want this game to grow and be successful. I don't really care if like we have CP events on Trading Card Game Live. I'm not that guy. I know a lot of people do care about that, but I don't really care about that. I don't really necessarily care if it's completely on par with Master Duel or Arena, although I would certainly love it to be. But this just isn't a game where I would be, like, excited to, like, share this with my friends and, like, have them play it with me. Yeah. Um, and nor do I think, like, if I, even if I was excited, I don't think if I showed it to them that they would be interested. Um, you know? Yeah. When we yeah. think of the phenomen- the phenomenon that Master Duel introduced to Yu-Gi-Oh!, this is not even close to what the experience of looking and playing TCG Live is. I completely agree. I think it's very fair to put it in context of what has been released recently. And so we look at Magic the Gathering Arena. That was released five years ago. And we look at Master Duel that blew up. Like, you know, if you didn't follow Yu-Gi-Oh! I follow a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! players because, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how, how they do it, like how they make such compelling content and how they get, you know, so, so many followers and so many people interested even when the mechanics of their game 
are like very poor and they don't really have a competitive like a, a strong competitive scene Pokemon players try not to talk about how bad Yu-Gi-Oh is within five seconds of it coming up challenge <laughs> yeah so true so true okay and, I, and I'll get dragged through the mud by all the Yu-Gi-Oh players that are listening but I mean you, you understand my point here is just like yeah they they cornered the online game like TCG kind of sphere for I don't know, a week, two weeks, a month. Like they had it. Like there were so many people watching, so many people interested, a lot of players playing it. Um, and and it was by all accounts largely a, a massive success, you know, by, by pretty much any metric that I think you look at. If Pokemon TCG Live was to release in this state, this is we and we've been saying this, this is a glorified tabletop simulator um you could get a very similar experience playing the old client or playing on something like tabletop sim like it just doesn't have any fun factor there's no element of like individuality of like personality in the game it's all very sterile and that's that's worth calling out too because pokemon is such like a personable fun light-hearted series so to see like such a sterile environment to play it in feels so off yeah there's definitely a disconnect between what i want to see from pokemon and what i do see from pokemon right pokemon is this fanciful um unique um you know fun creative out of the yeah. box crazy series right wild things happen like you watch the anime just crazy things are happening in every episode. <laughs> Seriously. You know, things are blowing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, little Pokemon are defeating big Pokemon. Like, that should never happen. Like, there are there are giant, weird, enormous Pokemon. Weird sizes are... take there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get my point, right? It's like, <laughs> and, and there's there's something to root for. And they all have individual personalities. And, and, and it's fun. And it's just cute. And it's cool. And with this game they've really stripped away a lot of what i love about the franchise itself yeah and uh that that's kind of that's i think why you're seeing a lot of backlash from creators and some of the bigger names that are discussing this client is just because there's a lot of that magic that that pokemon has inherent in the franchise that they built up through years of the card art or through years of the anime or years of the video game. Yeah. That it, I, and I, I wouldn't even say lacking. I would say is not present yeah. in this game. I would agree. I think, uh, and I think it's unfair to, to the criticisms being parlayed to, to just hide behind that. This is advertised as a beta, you know, like they actively chose back in in the fall that they were going to advertise this product to us right like this is this is something they took enough pride in to start showing off at that point uh and really truly in terms of like gameplay and visual direction as far as we can tell nothing has changed like sure surely there was like back-end stuff happening in that time you know they added for example the the cards from sun and moon and lost thunder that were not going to be included on release mm -hmm. um but I am skeptical that some of these larger changes will happen in a timely fashion. And truthfully, like in the modern day and age, like once a game is available to be played, 
you know, once a beta is publicly available, which it effectively is, uh, that's the game, you know, not to say that it won't receive massive changes, but this is the, this is the released game at this point, I would say, I know it's called the beta, but it's released and people can see it and people can play it. So regardless of what happens six months down the road, it could receive a complete overhaul, but the tone for the entirety of this game's life has been set. Um, and that's a, uh, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. You said it very well. I mean, as um, I always try to keep my expectations really low, um, <laughs> you know, and, and no, just in anything. No, like, I know. That's just, I know. You know, you've said like... specifically that phrase on the cast before <laughs> and it always makes me laugh. <laughs> but, um, y- y- you know, to be, and I know there are a lot of people like in the company that, that are, you know, we're very proud of this and i really hate to like crap on their on their pride um because that's i know how that feels personally uh that's not a good feeling yeah but as a as a person that's played the game you know pretty much since the inception as a person that has played and known intimately ptcgo since that's since that game's inception to be presented with this as kind of, uh, you know, being presented with PTCG Live as this is our step into the future of the Pokemon trading card game is not only disappointing, but it's very frustrating and yeah. um, kind of sad. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sad talking about this and like coming to the end of this episode yeah. and, um, saying these words like my tone has definitely changed because this will be what we work with and this will be how we try to introduce new players into the game and this will be how we um, you know try to create content and it just is falling in a lot of aspects Pokemon if, you, if you're listening to this first off developers I don't blame any of you individually I think there's plenty going on behind the scenes we're not privy to. Um, and I'm sure that there was lots of hard work put into this. Pokemon, if you're listening, please introduce microtransactions. Let us pay for this game. We will gladly pay to make it better. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so that's the other thing, too. That's a whole other episode. But if I had to pay, like, 100 bucks a year and you were able to hire, like, five times the developers and just completely 180 this thing... I- let me do so it. many people would gladly do let that. me do it please because there's so much potential there is so and let me buy gems too. let me buy gems <laughs> let me buy credits like what do i gotta do <laughs> uh, because we all want this to succeed right like we all want it to succeed we want to pay to see it succeed uh and and yeah you know that that there's some hope there i would pay a substantial <laughs> amount of money to see this succeed hit me up like let's figure something out <laughs> <laughs> I think that's said, JW. If people are looking to hit us up, <laughs> there's no better way to do that <laughs> than our social media. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter. Let us know what your thoughts are about Pokemon Trading Card Game Live. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you think we're buffoons? Do you think we're buffoons and agree with us? Let us know. Uh, so you can find me at Smouth Riles, JW at Real John Walter, and the Tag Team Podcast has a Twitter as well at Tag Team Pokemon. If you want to get in on the action and check out gameplay, 
live for Trading Card Game Live. Uh, you can check out JW's Twitch channel at Flex Daddy Righteous. And if you want to listen to our thoughts live, you can check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Munner. And of course, on your favorite podcasting platforms, be sure to rate and review. Helps us out in the algorithm, gets us boosted, and maybe that will lead to Pokemon hearing our cries and pleas for help. <laughs> you guys can make it happen with a simple rate and review. I don't know if that's how it works, but <laughs> well, we can always dream. I wouldn't say there's a one-to-one correlation, but <laughs> you can sure I, try. I wouldn't say it. I was going to say, I wouldn't say it It doesn't help. I wouldn't say there's no right. effect. Not one-to-one, <laughs> but not zero either. So, <laughs> so, so give it a shot. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We know it, it was kind of a downer in the second half. But we'll be back with more fire takes either on TCG Live or Brilliant Stars and the new cards next week. And we look forward to talking with you then. Peace. See ya.